Hello and welcome to the The SimD Podcast. I am your host, Sam Duesenberg Jr. Follow me on Twitter at The SamD, that's T-H-E-E-S-A-M-D. Subscribe and rate to the podcast, The SamD Podcast, on Apple, Spotify, Google, all major podcasts and platforms. Support the podcast on socials at The SamD Podcast. Musical production done by... May 1st Music, support him at soundcloud.com slash May 1st Music. For all content, audio, and visual, hit up the hub of the SamD, which is thesamd.com. All right, you know why you're here. You know why I'm here. Let's get into it. What happened to Antonio Brown? Did he quit? I've never seen a guy leave a field like that, and is this the last strike for him? He is no longer a buck. All right, that's the end of the story. Let's talk about the guys that went out there and won the game. Oh, let's let, listen to the energy that your man's the Kango wearing Bruce Arians had after the game on Sunday. What happened to Antonio Brown? A lot of energy. Quit. I've never the seen adrenaline the field like that. And is this pumping through the veins? He is no longer a buck. Huh? All right, that's the end of the story. Let's talk about the guys that went out there and won the game. All right, so now that was Sunday. That was Sunday after an inspiring come-from-behind victory over the New York Jets at MetLife. That was Sunday. I'm recording this Wednesday. Antonio Brown's still a buck. <laughs> so what happened between... All that energy. What happened to Antonio Brown? What happened to this energy? I've never seen a guy leave a field like that, and is this the last strike for him? He is no longer a buck. What happened? All right, that's the end of the story. Let's talk about the guys that went out there and won the game. It's Wednesday, Bruce. What happened? Oh, oh, you heard. Oh, you heard that other teams were waiting to give A.B. a contract. Oh, you heard that you overstepped your boundaries. You thought you had leverage. You thought. You thought you had leverage in today's NFL. You thought this was the 60s and 70s, but you could cut a dude on the spot, and he had to listen. You don't understand the concept of F.U. money, and that will be the title of today's pod, F.U. money. When you have F.U. money, and I don't know if any of y'all have had the privilege of having F.U. money, F.U. money puts you in a position where you could literally walk away from something you don't want to be a part of. And if you have someone who is telling you to play when you're not healthy, when you don't feel up to it, you can simply take your shirt off, (laughs) take your gloves off, take your pads off, and walk away. But anywho, Sunday, all the energy, the timeline was ablaze. It was one of those magical, mystical, magical moments on the timeline where everyone had the same take. Everyone was destroying A.B. It was open season. And all I wanted to say was, what happens if he drops that mental health angle? What happens if this is contract incentive related? 
What happens if there's a deeper, darker link here? But no one wanted to care about that, or very few wanted to care about that. Shout out to Shake. Very few wanted to care about that. Everyone else was just having fun, tearing down AB on the timeline. So like I said, all that energy came Sunday. Then Monday, you heard reports of, hey man, AB's camp or AB's sources, whatever you want to call it, they say, yo, um, AB was hurt. And AB didn't want to play because he didn't trust his body. He was just coming off a bum ankle as well as having a fake vax card, but we'll get to that. All these things led AB to be like, nah, dog, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I don't feel confident in my body enough to perform. Yeah, I could go out and run some routes, but I can't beat AB. And if I can't beat AB, because there's no one else like AB, when, especially when it comes to route running, I'm not going to put myself at risk because I just came back off this bum ankle. So, once that got leaked out, once that became a thing, now all of a sudden, here's Bruce Arians on Monday. I know you said yesterday that, uh, you know, the perception is that AB, Antonio Brown, Kuwait, we lost all block off the field, but he wouldn't go in the game because he was injured and now he's no longer part of the team. Can you, can you fire a player if he won't go because he's injured? Good question. I don't know that he was. <laughs> did, he, did he say that he was or was there a dispute no. about that? Great follow. No, he just refused to go in. Or Great follow up again. More about it. Get in his ass. Not Pause. really. I mean, it, what happened is pretty obvious. What happened? So, uh, you know, not really. Just the video. He left the field, and that was it. Nothing predicated that, Bruce. Okay, thanks. We'll go to Greg. Uh, see, he fell back off that. The, the, he 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 had enough at that point. Bruce, just to clarify on AB, so so you didn't tell him to leave. He left completely on his own in this thing yesterday. We had a conversation and he left the field, yeah. <laughs> so, if you can't parse between the lines, and if you have a chance to go see the video at the press conference, it's amazing because you can see the deer in the headlights look. The energy was completely different from Sunday. Sunday, he was boastful, he was proud, he was ten toes down in his anger, in his aggression, in his venom, in cutting Antonio Brown verbally. But Monday, once he realized, oh shit, I might have jumped out the window, maybe we really can't cut him because if we cut him and he says, yo, I was hurt and you try to force me to play, there's a grievance that the league will now be subjected to. Ruh-roh, now the energy is different. So again, let's compare the clips back to back. Sunday, all the energy in the world. What happened to Antonio Brown? Did Listen to this energy. Listen to this venom. Listen like to this vitriol. He is no longer a buck. All right, that's the end of the story. Let's talk about the guys that went out there and won the game. Already he's a former member of the team. He's no longer here. Don't even mention that man's name in my presence. It's almost like Harvin Marison. Don't even mention that name in my presence. We not here to talk about that. But Monday, though, once the reports were that, yo, first off, A.B. saying he was hurt and you were trying to make him play. And you asked him twice to go in the game and he said, nah, my ankle is not good for it. Yeah, I was out there earlier and I gave it a go, but I don't feel like me. And you kicked him off the sidelines. You told him, get out of there. 
So in AB fashion, he went full AB and started stripping. Then y'all said, man's was outside MetLife waiting on the Uber. Then y'all said, man's was out here in a Uber taking vids and posting them on social. All the meanwhile, he hit his mans up to come pick him up. And he had to wait for his mans to pull up. And then he was posting vids on social with his mans as he was dropping a trash rap track on iTunes. But the jokes had to fly. That's what the timeline's good for, right? That's what the blue check boys are good for, right? They got to get the clicks out there. The Monday morning shows were in a frenzy. They were going to feed on the carcass that was going to be A.B., But then whether it was AB, whether it's AB's team, whoever, whether it was the truth or not, because it doesn't matter. If we're going to if you're going to combat the lie, you got to come with a stronger lie. If Bruce Arians is going to straight up lie on Sunday, if you're AB or AB's team, you need to come out with an even bigger lie to combat that. Because whether it's the truth or not, none of us know. Everyone can speculate. Everyone can say, truth be told, the only ones who really know are the NFL Films cameras because they're on the bench. They got the boom mics that could pick up all the sound from the benches. They got the audio. The league has the audio because the cameras are on the sideline. As someone that's been on the sidelines and had to orchestrate some of that stuff, I know those boom mics catch everything. All the chatter, all the slander, all the play calls, it's there. There's footage of whatever Bruce Arians said to A.B. There's footage. Now, it ain't never coming out. It ain't never coming out unless it proves exactly what Bruce Arians is saying. But the fact that from Sunday to now, that footage hasn't come out leads me to think someone is... That's all I'm saying. So from Sunday to now, that footage hasn't come out. So if you're going to come out here and lie to the media and have the gusto that Bruce Arians did, you got to come with an even bigger lie to combat Bruce Arians' lie. Your story has to beat his story. You have to outdo your man's. So this is what AB is doing. Now, whether it's the truth or not, like I said, it doesn't matter to me. They're both painting narratives. They're both painting better versions of themselves for the public. There's his story. There's his story. And then the truth is somewhere in between. But the rush to jump out the window to crucify A.B. was sickening to me. It really was. Because you go from all that energy Sunday. And no less than 24 hours later, the energy is completely different. This energy from this video is completely different. Man's was contrite. Man's was solemn. And he was picking his words very clearly. See those long pauses, short answers? He's not going to expound. He's been told what not to say. Lean on the video. He looks crazy on the video. Lean on the video because he looks crazy. 
And that's why the reporters, you see them, okay, thanks. The reporters gave up. That, uh, you know, the perception is they beat Antonio Brown's point. We saw him walk off the field, but he wouldn't go into Direct the question. Because Direct question. Injured, What's the answer, though? And now he's no longer part of the team. Can you not answering the question. He's not answering the question because he's been told, yo, bruh, you wildin'. I don't know that he was. We might catch a case because of your gusto. No. You're too no. gassed off a win, a comfort behind win off the Jets. You didn't have your team prepared. Really. I mean, Streets is saying the squad was in Dykeman. You know. You didn't have your team prepared to face the goddamn Jets. So now you take out all your frustration of your team allegedly moving on Dykeman. So you didn't tell him to leave. You take it out on AB. That's what you do. You chastise that you got all the gumption. All the gumption here. Your team is on Dykeman. Get your team prepared. New Year's, your team is on Dykeman. Oh, okay. The guys that were on Dykeman, the guys that won the game. The guys that won the game were the guys that were allegedly moving and shaking on Dykeman. That's what the streets are saying. I'm not going to vouch for it. I was not on Dykeman to verify. I'm just saying what the streets are saying. So where do we go from here? Because if AB actually does get cut and AB stand 10 toes down in the notion that I was too hurt to play, the team doctors, where we all know team doctors are beholden to who? The team. They're employed by the team. It does not make sense for them to not clear a player that the coaching staff or even the front office is saying, we need this guy to play. We need him to be available today. It's very rare that a team doctor will override what the organization's credo is for a certain player when it comes to an injury status. So the going off the notion of, oh, well, I mean, the team cleared him to play. Well, what do you expect the team to do? If Bruce Arians or the people up top are saying, yo, we need AB to be available this week. And no matter what AB says, they're going to they're gonna go to the team doctor and say, hey, is he good or not? We don't care what he's saying. Is he good or not? And the team doctor whose check is cut from the team is most likely going to say, yeah, 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 he's good. He, he can give it a go. It's up to his pain threshold. They use shit like that. I've heard that language. It's up to his pain threshold, which is basically saying he's still hurt, but can he handle it? Can he push through? Can he persevere through this injury? So they're leaning on all the tropes. They're going to lean on the video. That's why you're seeing the video ad nauseum because it's painting the narrative. How crazy. Look, I'm not here to absolve AB. Some was wowing. Even if we want to say everything that AB is saying is factual. That's still not how you operate, right? I, I didn't think I would have to say that. But just in case someone thinks I'm like really just riding for AB. No, I'm just here to call out the hypocrisy of it all and the circus of it all. Because I think everybody's lying. So you have a team that needs this receiver to play. Even if he's just a decoy, you need this receiver to play today. He's coming off missing three weeks. He had the fake Vax car where Arians was even more ten toes down when that first dropped down saying we don't need him. Then all of a sudden, Chris Godwin goes out. Other receivers fall down and go boom. Now, all of a sudden, oh, well, I mean, we will welcome him back. So, again, the energy is not kept. 
This is some mercenary shit. This is some mercenary shit. We will use you when we need you, Antonio Brown. We don't really care about your mental health. We don't really care about your physical well-being. We will use you when we need you. So when you run out here with the fake Vax card and you get busted, I can go ham on you. Because you know what? I still got Mike Evans. I still got Chris Godwin. I still got Gronk. We still rolling. But all of a sudden, God went out. Now all of a sudden, hey, well, now I kind of need, who am I going to deal with? Humphreys? What, what, what? Putting track dudes and pads and asking them to do seven and nine routes? This is what it's come to? Hell yeah, they told that team doctor, make sure A.B. is playing. Look at the options they had. Humphreys and a track dude and pads. And they still beat the Jets. <laughs> but despite all that, I mean, come on, son. This is clear to me. It's clear to me that AB's been fed up. I mean, there's rumors, there's tea. I don't know how much I believe it, but I'll give you the tea and you make of it what you will. There's tea that AB's been trying to get out the league for two and a half years. Now, if you do the timeline of that two and a half years, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. The man's has went through a lot of shit just to keep playing for the T to be telling me, hey, he's been trying to quit football for two and a half years. He just doesn't know how. All this shit with the Raiders. Well, then first we had the Buffalo stuff, the Buffalo non-trade, then the Raiders stuff, then the Patriots stuff, and now the Bucks stuff. He's went through a lot of shit for someone who allegedly doesn't want to play football anymore. <laughs> He's certainly in good enough shape and keeps trying to run routes for someone who doesn't want to play football anymore. So this is where you keep hearing stuff of, from group chats, from the timeline, text you know, on signal that disappears. And you're just like, well, wait a minute. Hold on. That doesn't make a lot of sense. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Why would man's be trying to quit if he keeps going through all this turmoil for two and a half years? But this is where we are in the media landscape, where everyone thinks they got the T. Everyone thinks they know someone. I can tell you, I was at, I was in Tennessee. I'm doing a game in Tennessee. The AB stuff drops on the timeline. People start going crazy. People immediately, where I was at, was trying to give me the full rundown of everything that went happen. I'm like, well, wait, how do you know all this that went happen? This literally just happened. Who's hitting your jack? Who's hitting your jack to tell you every single detail of what just happened when we all are looking at the same clip online and none of us had a clue of what the fuck spawned that? Is your man's even at MetLife? No? Then how are you claiming you got the tea? If your man's ain't at MetLife, and more specifically, if he ain't on that sideline with a boom mic, then how do you know? But it didn't matter. Narratives had to get off. Clicks had to get off. Views had to get off. And the Monday morning shows, it made their week. They were going to ride this the whole week. They're still trying to, but the energy ain't the same. And the energy ain't the same because AB's story can outdo Bruce Arian's story. Whose lie do you believe? You can certainly go against AB and have slander for AB because he's done some despicable things off the field. 
and you can question some of the movements he's made over his tenure. But, I mean, let's look at Bruce Arians a little bit. Specifically, Tampa Bruce Arians. Because he came in with a lot of bluster, a lot of fanfare. And especially when it's come to A.B., it's clear he never wanted A.B. He went on radio shows, on national radio shows, national television shows, and said, we will not be signing Antonio Brown. He did that. I was there. I have the files. And then months later, because Tom Brady's really the one running the show in Tampa, they signed Antonio Brown. And this is a man in Arians who had history with Antonio Brown when they were in Pittsburgh together. And he stood 10 toes down and quite matter-of-factly said, we will not be signing Antonio Brown. We are not getting into the Antonio Brown business. And then a couple of months later, they were signing Antonio Brown. So you tell me, am I to believe him? Yes, we can all throw shade at A.B. and and the lies he may have told or the trouble he's gotten into. But are we genuinely going to take Bruce Arians at his word when he's already lied or he's already jumped out the window multiple times and have been wrong because he keeps thinking he runs shit in Tampa? He keeps thinking he's a de facto voice in that organization. But we all know who it is. It's your man's Tom. Your man's with the Ugg boots. Your man's with the avocado ice cream. That's who's running shit in Tampa. Will someone tell that to Bruce Arians? Because that's why it's Wednesday. And on Sunday, you had all the energy in the world. What happened to Antonio And A.B. is still a Tampa Bay like buck as I'm recording this. He is no longer a buck. He's still here. All right, that's the end of the story. Let's talk about the guys that were not there. It's the Wednesday. He's still a buck. F U money is a thing. Tom Brady had it when he walked away from New England. He had F U money. A B has F U money. I don't need this. I don't need to listen to you. I know my body. You can't tell me about my body. I don't need this. I'm going to walk off. And not only am I going to walk off, I'm going to walk off and strip on the way out. I'm going to make this a whole spectacle because I'm A.B. and I can do that. So let's parse this. Let's imagine that part of what Arians is saying is true. Yes, he did ask for A.B. to go in the game and A.B. did say no or refuse. And then he did kick him off the sideline. When he's asked what was the reason behind it, and Mans just says, well, you saw the video, that tells you all you need to know. And when Mans was asked again, look, you heard it, you heard it. I know you said yesterday that... Listen uh, to the you know, words he that he's choosing to not say. Not what he's saying, what he's not saying. Field, but he wouldn't go in the game because he was injured, and now he's no longer part of the team. Can you, can you fire a player if he won't go because he's injured? I don't know that he was. Not answering the question. Did he, did he say that he was, or was there a dispute no. about that? Now no. he answered the question. He just refused That's to go libel. In, can you tell us more about it? That's libel. Not really. I mean, it, what happened is pretty obvious what happened. So uh, Lean on the video. You know, Man's looks crazy. Lean on the video. He left the field, and that was it. Lean on the video. That's all we got. Okay, thanks. We'll go to Greg Allman. Now here's the one that really is damning. First, just to clarify on A.B., so, so you didn't tell him to leave. He left completely on his own in this thing yesterday. 
There it is. We had a conversation and he left the field, yeah. Okay. Still didn't answer the question, but at least said we had a conversation. But he's not going to say what he said in that conversation because it's becoming a libel thing. Because if he admits, yeah, I told him to leave. I told him you're off this team. You no longer work for us. And A.B.'s story is, I was told to leave because I couldn't play because I didn't want to play because I'm still hurt. That's a lawsuit. (laughs) That is going to be a case. The NFLPA, as weak as they are, should at least be able to get that one off. So, I mean, it's going to become a thing. This story ain't going nowhere. There's teams that are going into the playoffs that would take Antonio Brown. As crazy as that would have seemed on Sunday, because everyone was making the statement, oh, he's done, this is it, he's gone. Even your man's the blue check boy of all blue check boys, Schefter, was out there on Monday Night Football broadcast saying, no, he's done, he's done. Now all of a sudden it's over 72 hours later. Almost 96, and he's still a buck. So what does that tell you? They're scared to release him, either because of a lawsuit or because they're afraid of another team that says, oh, we'll take AB's version of the story just so we can get that route running in the playoffs. We're down a couple of receivers, or we need a weapon or two that could really put us over the top. we'll, We'll deal with that for a couple of weeks and then let him go. He's a mercenary. I mean, truth be told, all football football players, if not all athletes in general are, but in this case specifically, he's a mercenary. So yes, there are teams that will circle and scoop up AB for a couple of weeks. Put up with the nonsense, if you believe that narrative, for a couple of weeks. Why is he still a buck right now? Continuing the theme of FU money, did you see what happened in Houston? Did you see what happened in H-Town this past weekend? So Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr. are both on some FU money shit. And they're not trying to deal with Steven Silas. And more importantly, they're not trying to deal with John Lucas, assistant coach John Lucas. John Lucas, who has a reputation around the league and in sports in general, as he's helped out many athlete rehab off of substance abuse problems and drug issues. So John Lucas is like on some, like what the NFL tries to make Tony Dungy out to be in terms of rehabbing players, John Lucas actually is, okay? So with that, we have Kevin Porter Jr., who's bounced around, has had some issues, and Christian Wood, who has finally come into his own as a player and got a bag this past offseason, and they're on some FU money shit. They're showing that they got a few money. And Kevin Porter, I think more demonstratively, left the game, left the building, left the arena. He just bounced. He got into it with John Lucas at halftime. And, you know, there's conflicting reports as to actually what was said. But long story less long. So it all went down on Saturday. Christian Wood didn't want to check into a game. And that stemmed off of having a little beef with not only assistant coach John Lucas, but apparently some youngins on the squad. Apparently some youngins called out Christian Wood saying, yo, dog, you're supposed to be the vet. You're supposed to be the one showing us the way, showing us how how this how this league thing works. 
And I guess Christian Wood's response to that is, yeah, I'm telling you how it is. This is a players-only league. We run shit. So if I don't want to play, I'm not going to play. That's the example that Christian Wood is out here setting in Houston. Meanwhile, where's John Wall? <laughs> is, is John Wall going to play this whole year? Is he? <laughs> Anywho. So Christian Wood is out here setting an example for the youngins by choosing not to play when he's called upon to go into a game by Coach Steven Silas. And then you have Kevin Porter who got into it with John Lucas in regards to his effort level. And Kevin Porter is an enigma. He's a fantastic basketball player, but he's an enigma. He's got a little JR in him, young JR. He's got a little baby Bron Lance Stevenson in him. He's got... He's got a little bit of that in him. He's got a little Michael Beasley in him. All of this is alleged. All of this is alleged. But this is, type, this is the type of energy that has made Kevin Porter bounce around the way that he has so early in his career. So Porter got tight with John Lucas because John Lucas challenged him to be better. Show us the talent. We all see it. We all know it. We all been watching it. Show it to us right now. Give us that energy. Give us that spark. Give us that ungodly athletic ability that we all see and have seen for a while. And Kevin Porter wasn't feeling that. So he bounced. <laughs> like, literally bounced from the arena. And that's because these dudes had F you money. So if you're A-B on the sidelines and man's just telling you to play and you're not feeling up to it, yo, dog, I got F you money. I can bounce. I'm in Houston for a trash team. And you can make a case for a trash organization in its current iteration. And I got a coach and an assistant coach trying to get more out of me to play in a game that we're getting our doors blown off anyway. And even if we're winning this game, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme because this team is Basura. You're asking me to give you more effort? I got a few money, man. I'm, I'm up out of here. I'm Christian Wood. You know what I had to go through to get that bag I just got? The teams I had to play for, the rotations I was taken out of. And I finally got a chance to show and prove, and I excelled, and I got a bag. And you're asking me to come in and play when my team is trash? When I don't know where the team's best player, John Wall, is ever going to play? And you want me to hoop just for the sake of hooping to eat up some minutes? I got a few money. I don't need this. And boy, do the blue check boys and the fans by and large hate that. They hate, oh, they hate it. You should hear some of the stuff that I hear when I'm, when I'm on sidelines and, I, and, and, and a play that makes a lot of money fucks up or is tricking it off. The stuff, the vitriol that comes from them sidelines and them stands. Whew, man, one of these days we, we can have those conversations. One of these days. There is a new overworked and underpaid at the full of the network. This is a momentous occasion. I was not made privy to this until bowl season. There is a new overworked and underpaid at the full of the network. This one is not hiding behind a paywall, though. This one is not assembling his own big three. But yet and still, there is now a new overworked and underpaid at the four-letter network. His name? 
Herbie, <laughs> Kurt Herbstreet, Kurt Herbstreet jumped out the window with a, a generic, antiquated take. And in the year 2021, heading into 2022, as we are now, you can't get that take off when you have a platform as large as the Full Letter Network. Even though the Full Letter Network is making a concentrated effort to endear itself to a certain part of the country where that generic take might have gotten it off nice and cleanly. But because of social media, because the East and the West get to contribute to narratives, to opinions, it kind of drums out narratives from a certain part of the country that all of these businesses keep clamoring to endear themselves to. So Herb Street basically said, you know, the trope of you need to be loyal to your team, loyal to your fan base, loyal to your school, your university, your coaches, your whatever. You need to play in the bowl game if you're a NFL draft type prospect. Because that's been the trend for a while now is that top prospects are sitting out bowl games because they're inconsequential. If it's not BCS playoff related, most prospects, if they're smart, are going to sit out. Because if you get hurt, your prospects go bye-bye and now you're done anyway. It's not like you could go back and get that degree once you've declared and signed with the agent. So, so most of the time, these prospects choose to sit out playing in the bowl games. So Herb Street starts going off, and he starts going off in the sense of, you know, this is a mockery of the college football system. This is a mockery of the bowl games, mockery of, uh, you know, alumni bases and boosters and coaching staffs and da-da-da-da, just, you know, roasting college players, which is a, a, a new trope but an old trope all at the same damn time. So the question I have is, why do you think Herb Street felt so empowered to run down such an old but new trope. Why do you think he was empowered? Why do you think he felt he could get that off in today's society? Well, one, as I mentioned, a certain part of the country, that's a large part of the country, does believe in that trope. But two, he's really feeling himself because he thinks he got the Miami situation turned around. For all intents and purposes, the Miami, the University of Miami, their brain trust wasn't aware of how fucked up the program was, wasn't aware of how dire uh, the program was in need of change until Herb Street roasted them on college game day. And then all of a sudden, the brain trust at the U figured out, oh, maybe we should invest some of this COVID. I mean, uh, maybe we should reinvest some of the assets we have and build up our facilities and maybe pay some buyouts and go get a coach and a coaching staff that's worth a damn into this program. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should stop being cheap. So Herb Street, justly or unjustly, has been given the credit of making the used brain trust realize that they're a football school first and not a medical school first. So now you have Herb Street riding off the high of I single-handedly rebuilt the U. My one rant on college game day got the brain trust to switch up, to change up. They'd be able to go get Cristobal out of Oregon, gave him the bag. He's bringing all the cronies from Oregon over to the U, and they're trying to run around South Florida and start building shit back up like the 80s and the 90s and even the early 2000s. So the U allegedly is on the way to being, quote, back. 
And that's all thanks to Herb Street. So now Herb Street's like, well, let me keep riding. Maybe if I jump out the window and tell these kids that they're doing a disservice to their university, their coaching staffs, their alumni base, their booster base, by skipping these bowl games, maybe that will have an impact. You know what the street said? <laughs> we got FU money, bruh. These kids got FU money, whether it's through the NIL, whether it's through signing with an agent, whether it's through getting the bag on the low. These college kids that are draft prospect worthy, they ain't listening to no damn Kirk Herbstreit. And damn sure not after, hap- after what happened to Matt Corral. Did you peep that? Matt Corral went out here. He was a potential first-round pick, and he played in his bowl game, and he tore his ACL. That happened. A potential first-round pick, not just a draft prospect, a potential first-round pick went out there, tore his ACL. Kirk Herbstreit? Man's is out here apologizing now. <laughs> Man's had to apologize. He didn't mean it. He didn't mean it in that way, in that fashion. But to get to the larger point, I did not know that Kerb Herbstreet, if that's how you pronounce it, let's call him Herbie. I was not aware that Herbie is the new overworked and underpaid. Listen to this schedule. I'm about to run down friggin' man's Herbie over two weeks. On New Year's Eve, Herbie was in Miami, right? He was out there for that. He did the Orange Bowl. The next day, he was in Cali to do the Rose Bowl, all right? So Friday, New Year's Eve, Miami. Next day, New Year's Day, Cali. How how did he make it happen? We'll get there. This upcoming weekend, Herbie's going to be at the doubleheader that ESPN has going on with the two games on Saturday. Then he's going to the championship game on Monday in Indianapolis. And how will Herbie be able to transport and make all these things happen? Private jet. <laughs> Herbie out here with the PJ, something that other Fall Out of Network employees do not have access to. Yes, including your man's, the original overworked and underpaid, now hiding behind the paywall, assembling his big three, Fraud A. Smith. No access to a PJ. I know he's taking picks in PJs, but those are rentals. He's kind of like Bow Wow when it comes to the PJs. Like, he's in a PJ, but I mean, is he really in a PJ? Yeah. Herbie, though, in his contract, got the PJ. You know who else thought they could get a PJ from the Four Letter the, the Network? Allegedly, Trent Dilfer. <laughs> Trent Dilfer thought he could get the PJ access to get to and from games, to get to and from studios, to get to and from Bristol to his crib. He thought he could get that. The fall of the network quietly told him, son, you Allen. And Trent Dilfer no longer works for the fall of the network. <laughs> but Herbie does because Herbie's making so much money or he generates so much money because I don't think he's making a lot of money from what I've been told. But he's generating so much money because college football, in essence, is making so much money for the four letter network that, yeah, whoever is our big marquee talent for college football, we need that person to be at the ready. We're going to milk him dry. Pause. They're all mercenaries. Like I said earlier, it happens in media, too. You're a mercenary. Fraud A. Smith, mercenary. Working that man to the bone. 
Greenberg, mercenary, working that man to the bone, putting him on shit he doesn't even belong on. Now you have Herb Street. They will grind you into the ground. This is what the Four Letter Letter Network does. This is their MO. Has been for years. Has been for decades. But even more so today. You know what it is. Appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, Season 2 of Trash Narratives has begun dropping. First episode is out. Talking about your man, Steph Curry. The fortunate two-time MVP with trash-ass angles. Uh, that is available on YouTube. Link is in the description. Appreciate the support on that. Uh, we're going to be pushing a lot of content out in the very near future. The rest of Season 2 is on the way. Uh, next episode will be dropping later on this week. Or whenever you hear this, if you listen to this a week or so from now, it's already out. But again, everything, the link for Season 2 of Trash Narratives is right there in the podcast description. We back. Uh, no travel this week for the gig, so I think we'll be able to get pods back on a normal basis for the next couple of weeks here, barring any COVID stuff that makes me go back out into the field. But you know what it is. I appreciate y'all for listening. I appreciate the support over last year. I appreciate the support going forward. Uh, some announcements coming soon. But until then, for the CMD Podcast, I'm the CMD. I'm out.